0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, along with me, Kyle Davis. We are getting you caught up on everything that is the Toronto Rock, the 4-2 Toronto Rock, the Toronto Rock that have won four consecutive games and are now with the tiebreaker in top spot in the East Division, even though they're still tied with the New England Black Bulls. Anyways, KD, let's get into uh, Saturday's game. Um, I it's another one of those weeks where I feel like right off the top of the podcast, I'm saying I don't know where I want to start because there were, again, so many positive storylines in this game. But, uh, you know, 21-9, to I, I don't, like, as the game was progressing in the first half, I didn't think this was going to be the final score, I guess you could say. And especially the way the first quarter went, I think, was a lot closer than this score would indicate at the end of the day as well. So, um, I guess those are my first quick takes on the game. But uh, what about you? I mean, your general thoughts on just uh, the result on Saturday night?
1: Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy. I'm, you know, coming on here, I don't know if I'm speechless because I'm, or you know, it seems like we just rinse, repeat, next again right now with, yeah. with this group here. And uh, I, you know, you mentioned you didn't expect the score to get away like that. I don't think I expected that that sort of margin, but. Even the game being tight at half, I believe ten seven. You know they're still on pace again in a tight game for it for the twenty. Yeah, which is, which is crazy. And and I think you know I mean you discussed there. Bold was was pretty solid in that first quarter, and you know made some big saves, kept kind of New England uh, you know tight there for a bit. But you know all around steady. Starting Nick Rose in that defense, you know solid again, only allowing nine. Pushing the ball, some transition goals, and. The offense just doing what the offense does right now. You know, Jones, Hellier, Schreiber back at it. And then, you know, the supporting cast of everyone else filling in with their role. It's it's great to watch. It's fun to watch. And, you know, I felt the arena had its best atmosphere of the year so far. And, you know, the fans really picked up on it. Well, I was I was
0: worried in the first quarter because literally of, I think, both of our opinions on the podcast last week was that if New England was going to win this game, it was going to be a tight, close probably in that 10 11 9 like uh, somewhere in that as a final score and that's kind of what we were pacing out at you know it was 2-2 the Rock were behind 2-1 um you know a last second shot at the end of that first quarter I think was is something that maybe gets uh, overlooked a little bit the Adam Jones goal I think it was right at the end of the first quarter you know as a little bit of a springboard into the second quarter and just you know I think the Rock being on top instead of tied, even though it was only a one-goal edge uh, after one, I think was kind of kind of big, really, in the big picture. And then, you know, trading goals back and forth in the second quarter, pretty wild overall. I think, uh, what was it, 7-5, Rock, in the second quarter. So, like you said, 10-7 at the half. But, um, you know, even at halftime, you did kind of feel like maybe they're hanging around, maybe they're hanging around. And then even uh, third quarter was 4-2, but, you know, and then the Rocks start their nine-goal run to just say enough messing around here. We're putting this one away. Um, The offensive performances, Tom Schreiber was Tom Schreiber, a great article on the Toronto Star, kind of keying on him and talking about him being the best player in the world. Uh, You know, Hits the newsstands on Saturday morning, and then he goes out and has that performance on Saturday night, which you know, from the PR angle and everything just worked out absolutely perfectly. But um, I really think it's becoming true. You know, like, you know, the preseason hype is real. I, I think the hype around him is has become so real. It's scary. And I think Matt Sawyer in his postgame comments, and I've kind of uh, joked with Coach Sawyer a little bit after this, was that, uh, sorry, after the game on Saturday, was that he said he didn't really know about Tom uh Tom Schreiber's ceiling, but he did know that Tom Schreiber is only gonna get better.
1: Yeah, no doubt. This and kid. if
0: that's like what are we talking about here?
1: He was he was <laughs> it was crazy watching some of those goals uh on the on the weekend and you know, it felt like Felt like he, you know, okay, this is a tight game, and okay, Tom Schreiber's just gonna end this right now, and just kind of took yeah. o- took over, and you know, Jones was doing his thing, Hellier doing this thing too, but he was he was a monster on the right side, and you know, I, like as you know, it was one of the first full games I, g- I got to watch with my role here, and and I was amazed at j- just watching this guy, you know, do his craft, and and we joked too, like that article does come out and it, it's almost like not that Tom was waiting for the article or had anything to do with the <laughs> article, but it just cemented the credibility of, of that author must feel pretty good right now too, you know, writing that and, <laughs> and seeing him come out with that performance. But, uh, you know, obviously it's about the team and, and the win. and it, it felt like, you know, there's a little crack in the dam and finally that thing opened up in the fourth quarter. and just, it poured on, on the from the, from the new England standpoint, but a couple of things on their end, um, you know, you mentioned, we mentioned Sean Evans uh, leading up to the game. He he was held scoreless. Uh, I, I don't know the last time, you know, Sean Evans would have a zero in the goal column. Uh, I'd have to look back on that. But and their offense, other than Sean Evans, or you could kind of, you know, pair them together. Sean Evans isn't going as, or Sean Evans goes as does the New England offense goes. Uh, you know, he gets zero and they put up nine. And you think the one fluky goal, David Brock gets two that really leaves the offense with six and yep. uh you know if your offense you know is going out and putting up six in comparison with what it's kind of going down the the trotter on the <laughs> on the other end of the floor down there for that yeah. game it's the you know the outcome is what the outcome is there
0: yeah and it is weird to think that you know if sean evans is going the new england offense looks pretty deep almost right but when it's not going, yep. you suddenly start to think, uh, "How much is really there on the offensive side?" And I don't think you can say that about the rock offense because, you know, say, you know, say Tom Schreiber's not going. You've still got, you know, chances are Hellier and Jones are going, and maybe Hickey's Hecky. having his night, right? And he's a guy that is getting lost a little bit in all this, but you know, he's not quite putting up the same type of numbers as he has in the last few years, but you know, he's got 10 goals, 10 assists through six games, which is pacing him out for 30 goals and 60 points. So, you know, yeah, the goals would be down a bit, but, you know, now we're starting to talk just a few games in here, but, you know, Georgia's offensive record for goals four that they set last year at, I believe, I think it was around 266, I want to say. We'll double check that maybe before the end of the podcast here, but um, you know, Charles got a hundred goals now in six games.
1: Flirting with him. It might be flirting yeah. <laughs> with him.
0: And That's pacing out to three hundred goals. You know, <laughs> so um that record could be in jeopardy here. It is obviously gonna be very difficult to keep up this pace. However, Katie, I think we've said that after every game that they've the scored a pile of goals this year is that
1: oh, well, this isn't gonna keep going, but now I don't know why it's going to stop. Exactly. That's the thing. You know, it happened once, it happened twice, but, and I think this, the last four games is more so, you know, when you're looking at the Toronto Rock offensively, um, you know, that is, that's, I could see myself saying that's more what they are than what they were the first two games when things weren't dropping and they weren't maybe, you know, gelled, or, gelled as well or, you know, the, the chemistry wasn't quite there, so... Yeah, it's tough to say, it. you know, we got a big game this Saturday, but I can't say they're not going to, you know, like it's, and another thing, another game, you know, we're putting up these numbers, we're seeing pretty much every goalie in the league when they play the Toronto <laughs> Rock, right? <laughs> and We are we getting a fair share of, a fair yes. share of getting, a, getting a look at the goaltenders here and uh, no one has been able to, to you know, to halt them or, or stop them for the time being, but you know, the offense has been rolling, but I think kudos to the defense as well, holding them to holding them to such a low number and chipping in offensively. It is a team effort. It is a team game. You know, obviously the 21 or the 20-plus goals, it reflects on the offense, but there's a whole lot of pieces there and work from individuals that, that go into that.
0: Now, when we talk about numbers and things starting to even out here as uh – everybody has played in that uh, pretty well in that six game range with the exception of Colorado at four and one and Vancouver at one and six so they're kind of the uh, outliers here I guess but everybody in the east has now played six games so you look at the three-headed monster we have Jonesy top spot in the league and scoring with 45 points Tom Schreiber now hot on his heels at 43 one goal and one assist behind him Robbie Hellyer, 38 points sits in fourth in the league nick rose his 46 save performance and nine goals against has moved him up to uh third i believe in goals against average and second in save percentage um his 11.01 goals against average is not far off from the 10.82 that led the league last year so I think we talked about this after the first couple of weeks, you know, everything evening out at some point after a little while, and we seem to be at that point now in the season where things are kind of starting to make sense a little bit more statistically. Um, so just something to keep your eye on. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I mean, well, we'll talk about Calgary a little bit more in the in the back half of the show, but um, more numbers to throw out at you. Of course, Sheldon Burns was four for four coming into the game, four goals on four shots, scored on his fifth, then was stopped, then scored on his seventh, and then was stopped. So he is now six for eight in a Toronto Rock uniform. Six goals since coming over and two goals and one assist on Saturday night. Steph LeBlanc, two goals and no assists.
1: It's you know, it's funny that he set the standards so high for, you know, his, his, <laughs> the early of his career that he goes two for four, bats 500, and we're saying that's a question. That's a, Right? <laughs> we're questioning that. Like Questions are popping but, up about uh, what is wrong with Sheldon we, Burns? Yeah, so? he missed one. Uh But yeah, no, that's great. I think that, you know, the trades worked out perfectly for, for the Toronto Rock. Uh, at least he's brought a lot to, to the table on the back end. But when he's chipping in like that, and, you know, I don't want to touch too much about you know, he beat Steph. You know, New England offense had a tough night. It's not Sheldon versus Steph by any means. It's, it's Toronto versus New England. But, uh, you know, you got guys like that chipping in with three points. And uh, he's been a consistent loose ball guy, transition guy, offensive good for a couple each night. And that's what you want. Uh, you know, I think that's exactly what you want when you made that trade.
0: Now, uh, before we take a short breather here on the show, we should mention, you know, uh, the rock crowd crept over 9,000 last week positive sign and as we record this we can uh, we'll break some news here we are over uh, we're basically over that number right now heading into the weekend still with a few days to go so we do say we want to mention this right off the top get your tickets for saturday night now especially if you want to sit in the lower bowl uh, something you want to jump on right away but uh, we can safely say that this saturday night will be the biggest crowd of the year uh, so far and uh, it's something you're going to want to be a part of because, uh, as you mentioned off the top, the atmosphere in the building was amazing. Um, I have never seen a crowd so into a halftime scrimmage ever. I, I don't know if you t- – I think you were still up yeah, and I were still- able to take that in. But insanity, like the- insanity. I had to stop and I was like, what else is going on? Is there something else going on? But – The entire crowd, everybody who stayed in their seats at halftime, which there were a lot of, and we also had the alumni cheerleader performance in halftime as well. But, man, like, I don't know what it was on Saturday night. Obviously, it was a great game, but also, like, those minor teams. We might have to have those two teams back for a rematch if it uh, It,
1: lit the crowd the way it did. It felt (laughs) like, you know, the crowd paid – paid money for the ticket for that game. Yeah. (laughs) The way way they were cheering. But uh, no, it it was good. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, actually, you know, we mentioned the three-headed monster there, and I know Colorado and Saskatchewan, respectively, are are doing well and they got their own program going, but do, do you ever think they sit back there and be like, wow, why didn't we give 16 the opportunity here? And now seeing what he can do, I know they have Matthews and they have their... Junior was there and they had their own guys at the time, but... You know, it's kind of, kind of hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but uh, looking back, like, is that one you think they're sitting there scratching their head or kicking themselves for?
0: You know what? That's a very good question because, you know, at at one point the Rochester Nighthawks cut bait with John Grant Jr. and traded him away to get Matt Vince, and they won three championships. You know what I mean? I, I think you can probably see where I'm going with this yeah. is that, you you kind of have to pick one or the other almost. I know in that situation it's not an Oga and Oga, and that's a trade, and it is different. But what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, sometimes you got to pick. You've got, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, number one guys there, and you really can only have one number one guy, or usually. Um, as we're seeing now, maybe it's a little bit different in Toronto, is that maybe there is three number one guys. But... Um, and then in Saskatchewan, like I mean, not only that you look, I mean they traded Saskatchewan traded Corey Small away too. Yep. Right. So there's another guy that went on to have massive success individually um, elsewhere, and now we're seeing Jonesy kind of, um, you know, rise to the to the top of the heap. The one thing I will say about Adam Jones, though, and I and I think you'll probably be able to attest to this as well, having um, you know played against him and whatnot in junior, but. Um, he's a guy that you thought was going to do this for his whole career. From the time he stepped into the NLL, I think everybody thought this was what Adam Jones was going to be. And for whatever reason, you know, we've seen glimpses of it. He has had some big seasons and whatnot, but it hasn't been every year. And now that I think he's kind of just – he's in the right spot. He is also back with the guy that coached him in junior in Matt Sawyer and surrounded by, I think, just – A very good situation and and a lot of times maybe that's what it takes and I don't think you can really fault Saskatchewan at all you know it was a kind of almost a one-year trial and you know obviously some other you know travel things factor into everything as well but you know they didn't win a championship last year they came off two in a row and they decided you know maybe this is one of the changes that they had to make along with getting rid of the goaltender that won them two championships but Colorado, maybe that's the one where I start to think, eh.
1: Junior, kind of at the end of it there, yeah. and they're hanging on a little. It's tough.
0: Yeah, and maybe that was the situation where Jonesy maybe could have been the guy to just be the guy there. Um, it's a it's a good it's a good little debate there, KD. That's good. <laughs> just, the mouse is spinning <laughs> up here today. Um, but yeah, no, I mean we could talk forever about Jonesy. But like I said, I I think you know from. Two thousand onwards, I think probably kinda I think he's the best I say this all the time, but I think he's the best junior lacrosse player that I saw come through at the junior level and just how dominant he was um, you know, with those Orangeville teams and in that Mental Cup in two thousand and nine and it was one of my, you know, favorite things to watch. Like I always say the game that Orangeville lost in that two out of three final was I think Maybe the best junior lacrosse game I've ever seen played by anyone, you know, since I've been watching the game and uh, what Jonesy did in that game. So, anyways, we're very happy that he's on our side now, that is for sure. For sure, no doubt. So we'll uh, we'll leave it at that for the opening segment of the show here. We'll take a break, and in a moment we'll be joined in studio by Toronto Rock assistant coach Bruce Cod, and then following that, the big get of the week...
1: it's good for the program good for the
0: great for the program is uh robbie who robbie hellier will be uh in studio with us a little bit later on in the podcast as well so stick with us lots more toronto rock total access to come welcome back to toronto rock total access we're now joined in studio by toronto rock assistant coach Bruce Codd, Brucey, how you doing?
2: I'm well, how you doing?
0: Uh, I'm doing quite well, and obviously uh, everything, everybody's all smiles here in Toronto Rockland uh, for good reason. Four straight wins, a ton of goals, but uh, you're here, so let's talk some defense. A uh, couple of games in a row here, just nine goals against, um, you know, the early part of the season. I don't think anybody was pitting anything on the defense at all, but uh, certainly things have rounded into form nicely over the last few games.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Obviously, uh, the offense seems to be uh, clicking up there, and that means they've got the ball a lot, getting a lot of re- re- repeat possessions, which obviously you know limits the amount of time that we're on the floor. Um, you know, getting a few guys back healthy has made a big difference. Obviously, the trade bringing in Sheldon Burns has been a, a huge addition back there, and then uh, I think uh, you know Nick uh, obviously is the last line of defense, and I really think he's been uh, very strong lately and. Put all those things together, and I think you know you've seen a definite improvement.
0: Now, we've had a couple guys on the show too mention that you know when the offense is going, it certainly takes the pressure off them, kind of like you're saying when the offense is getting the repeat possessions out there. But you know, what have you seen just in terms of a confidence level from uh, your guys over the last few games when the ball's going in at the other end of the net and there is you know that little bit less pressure on the D guys?
2: Yeah, certainly some of those games, you know, obviously the Vancouver one, you know, we're out to a six or seven, one, you know, lead, you know, 10 minutes into the game. That kind of gives you a little bit of, you know, shot in the arm that, yeah, we've got this under control. And, you know, you know, obviously it takes a lot of pressure off for sure. And, you know, one of the things for me that thinking about it is, you know, sometimes the other night, you know, New England would get to three and you know 30 seconds later our offense would find an answer and it's tough for teams to sustain any momentum and uh, obviously uh, momentum's a huge part of the game so you know anytime we've given up a goal it seems like our offense has you know squashed any uh, notions of getting on a roll for the other team.
0: Now one guy that uh, we talked about I think a lot before the season started was Phil Caputo and he did miss a couple of games there uh, end of December start of January but um I guess maybe it's a good thing we're not talking a lot about him because maybe he's settling into his new role but maybe you can just uh, kind of walk us through uh,
2: that development here so far this season yeah like he's been a he's been a pleasant surprise in a lot of ways because y- you never know it's it's not an easy transition um you know going from one end to the other and you know at the start I, I think he showed some promise and you know we just kept sticking with it and obviously when he got injured there you know you take a bit of a break and uh, you know he came back though and, and has really uh, really played quite well you know there's a couple incidents last game that maybe you know we can uh, point to and look to shore up but that's going to be anybody there's mistakes are going to happen but he's uh, he's certainly uh, you know probably ahead of where we expected him to be at this point.
1: Bruce with the offense putting up the numbers that they are how are you, how are you keeping or from the defensive perspective you know the guys guys uh, I guess on their toes for instance and, and really bearing down because lately it's kind of feels like you know I, I can kind of slip up a little bit here because the offense is going to score five more if that makes sense
2: yeah it does in a way I mean the, the, kind of what I said about earlier about the momentum thing you know we always strive that we don't want to have that one play you know where you 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 let your guard down for a second and the next thing you know that that momentum shifts right so I think that's been kind of our biggest thing you know even though things have been going well you don't ever want to be that you know that that person or that have that incident where, where the game switches the momentum and now all of a sudden you're fighting for your life so we kind of keep that mentality that you know we just want to keep going no matter no matter what the offense is doing we want to make sure that we're we're sound and 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 keep things in the right way.
1: And putting up, uh, you know, these big numbers offensively, some of that has come with the defense as well. You know, Sheldon Burns, a a great addition on the transition. Challenson's coming back. Uh, Other than just those two specifically, overall as a team, what's kind of changed in the transition game since the start where, you know, there maybe wasn't as many chances or goals at least dropping to where we are now where we're seeing, you know, multiple a game?
2: Well I think the the two guys you mentioned have certainly been a big part of it I mean you look at Sheldon I think he's got what six goals and six shots uh you know that's, that's a pretty good percentage let's well, not
0: give him too much credit six on eight mm-hmm. now he didn't mm-hmm. he did miss a couple times <laughs> I,
2: I guess I missed those two uh um but uh no you know obviously they, they've added a lot of energy into the back end and uh you know I think some of it is to uh just you know just getting back to the good habits I think we started off the year and Uh, certainly you know the Buffalo game wasn't our best and uh, we didn't have any transition that night we seemed like we were always chasing chasing them so I think we that was kind of maybe a bit of a wake up call and and we've just kind of got back to you know the simple little things like running hard on and off the floor and you'd be amazed how simple those concepts are but how effective they are so I think there's just been a renewed focus that way.
0: Now back to Saturday night a little bit more uh, in particular uh, nine goals against but you know, the one thing I think that really jumps off the page a lot of people was Sean Evans was pretty much held entirely silent. Part of it, dude, obviously, uh, you know, probably you guys getting the matchup that you wanted on him. And also, you know, Nick Rose making a massive save i think it was on him at one point in the game um but you know talk a little bit just about uh, the defensive matchups from saturday night and just the ability you probably go in hoping to contain a guy like sean evans but not necessarily completely shut him down the way you guys did on saturday
2: yeah certainly it was uh, you know a focus of us as you know he's such an uh, elite player in this league we obviously don't want him to have a night where he goes off for four or five or six goals which he's certainly capable of so you know we did have some specific matchups and i think uh dating back to the playoff game last year uh, where we tried them out they worked well last year so uh, we, we stuck with it for this year and again it it, it benefited us on the weekend uh um you know he, he wasn't able to score but like you said rosie made that one uh, phenomenal save which he seems to be doing about once a game now where he's mm-hmm. robbing somebody point blank uh and he also had a couple of other ones i remember him once or twice you know curling around the net and kind of taking uh um, unique shots uh, that only Sean Evans would take, but usually they go in. And, and Rosie was, you know, up to the challenge. So, uh, you know, I think it was a little bit of matchups and a little bit of, uh, you know, again Rosie being being Rosie.
0: Now, looking ahead to this week, there's a, another fairly talented right-handed offensive guy that you have to deal with. Somebody that you obviously know very well, having uh, you know come over from Calgary just a couple of seasons ago. Now, um, Curtis Dixon comes into town, not. Super hot, not having maybe a Curtis Dixon-like year so far. Uh, A lot of times you talk about a a trap game. You know, that seems to be a a hot term now in the Toronto sports media. But, uh, you know, Curtis Dixon really, you know, maybe the the sleeping giant there. Does that worry you at all coming into this game?
2: Well, I think any time you play against Curtis Dixon, you you definitely are a little bit concerned about his ability. You know, I've seen it myself, like you said, uh, on many occasions where he's gone off for you know six seven goals sometimes in in six or seven minute span you Mm -hmm. know he's just that uh, that explosive and and that gifted a a goal scorer so yeah maybe his numbers aren't uh where they normally are at this point in the year for him but that's not always true too I know there's been some years where he's had you know slow starts and then he has just you know a string of massive games so Yeah. yeah he'll definitely be somebody we're gonna have to uh you know pay extra special attention to this weekend and um, you know, it'll come down to probably some matchups, but um, we're going to have to know where he is every single time he's out on the floor. There's no question.
0: Now, on the other side of the floor with Calgary, uh, goaltending, you know, um, I guess you weren't there in the at all during the post Mike year uh, era since it just started last year, but um, they're goaltending. I mean, uh, Del Bianco, he's kind of the the uh, hot up-and-coming goaltender I think in lacrosse just generally speaking and then uh, you've got Frankie Shiliano there who uh, so far this year his numbers don't look so good but uh, just I guess defense and goaltending wise um, you know how has that team you know changed really with Poulin not there in the last year and a half or so here?
2: Well they certainly had a lot of personnel changes uh, starting with you know with Poulin and uh you know, Mike. Uh, obviously, you saw you know what he did last year with with Georgia. So he's a you know a, a great goaltender and a veteran goaltender. So um, you know both the other guys are a little bit younger and not as seasoned maybe as Mike. But you know I've, I had experience with both of them. I, you know, coached Frank for a few years and uh, know that he's a very capable and and, and a good goalie. Uh, maybe he hasn't had the the start that he's wanted. And and certainly Christian. You know, you, you look what he's done already in his young career is. He's going to be a good one, and I think he's a good one now. He's certainly watching uh, the film from the last two games that they've played. You know, he came in and, and gave them you know really uh, solid minutes. So it'll be interesting to see which guy we what which guy we get on Saturday. But uh, uh, you know, from my experience, I know they both uh, are are very good, capable goaltenders.
0: And just from a coaching perspective, knowing that you know you've been on the bench with those guys with that head coach, you know. Is that an advantage now, going to the other side, kind of knowing maybe a little bit more about your opponent?
2: I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I yeah, I, you know, owe a lot to to Kurt. And, um, you know, he's the guy that brought me into this league and gave me an opportunity to coach in this league, and uh, I've learned a tremendous amount about the game from him. So I do have a snapshot, I guess, into his brain. But I think that goes both ways. Obviously, uh, you know, we were teammates together for a long time, and then uh, coached together for a long time. So we've had a lot of conversations about the game, and I think we're both pretty familiar with. The way each other uh, you know views the game and 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 tendencies and that type of thing so um, you know I think it really it's gonna come down to the players at the end of the day that's <laughs> that's what it always comes down to right so uh.
1: one last one for me here as we lead into uh, to practice tonight Bruce uh, offense first defense battle drills in practice how have the how have they gone who's kind of had the upper hand there because like right now no defense can really stop this offense but you know just the tendencies the, the boys kind of know each other who has the upper hand and what's that battle been how's that been going throughout the season here
2: well lucky for us Tom Schreiber is not here every uh, <laughs> uh, uh, every Tuesday uh, not practicing but we actually haven't really done a whole whole lot of it I mean it's it's tough in this league uh, you know when you know I when you work so hard on the weekend and then you got a quick turnaround for practice on Tuesday. So we really have, you know, limited that this year, I think a little bit. And, um, but at the end of the day, I still think the defense probably looked better if you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, fair enough. All right, well, we'll leave it at that, Brucey. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, enjoy practice and other things tonight, and uh, we will see you on Saturday night for another big one.
1: Sounds
2: good. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, that was Bruce Codd, assistant coach with the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break and be back with more Toronto Rock Total Access in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access, Mike Hancock, along with Kyle Davis, and we are now joined in studio by Toronto Rock forward Rob Hellier. Robbie, how you doing? Good, thanks. This is the big podcast debut for you. Yes, it is. I'm sure, First it's something time. you've been looking forward to for a long time to finally get your chance to have your say on here.
3: I couldn't be more thrilled to be involved. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. All right, well, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, kind of what's been going on so far this season. Uh, bit of a slow start for the team out of the gate obviously as has been uh, talked about quite a bit but um you know what do you see as having been the big difference from the first couple of games to these last four that we've seen this offensive explosion here with 82 goals in the last four
3: um i don't know if there's a whole bunch of difference i mean we we're doing a lot of the right things in the first two games a lot of the balls weren't dropping for us um as far as offensively and then defensively same thing we not really getting the bounces we we normally get in the last four games. Um, you know, working hard. I think um, sticking to the basics and you know working as an offensive unit up front, and then back on the defensive end, they've been outstanding. You know, keeping guys to the outside and making Rosie's job pretty easy.
0: Now Saturday night, uh, you know, things started a little bit slowly. It was a very tight game, and I think something that we had talked about quite a bit on the podcast, anyways, that if New England was going to win that game, that it was probably going to be a tighter, low low scoring game that they didn't want to get into uh, a shootout, so so to speak, with the Toronto Rock, but. Um, you know confidence level I guess going through the early part of that game and uh, you know Aaron Bold was playing great was that ever starting to creep into your minds at all that uh, maybe the uh, offensive floodgates were closing a little bit and this was maybe going to be a closer game or was it you know were you guys still pretty confident with the looks that you guys were getting that stuff was eventually going to drop?
3: Yeah we're confident I mean our offense we try to create something every time we go out there Um, but against uh, you know a good defense like New England had and obviously Boldy's one of the best in the game so um, like like you said, uh, I mean, we weren't trying to be, um, tr- weren't trying to do anything different. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be a lot closer with 3-2 after the after the first quarter. But then I think we got seven more, seven goals in the second quarter and went into half at 10-7. So, I mean, we never try and, we never expect to get 20 a game. But, um, you know, when that happens, it uh, makes our job pretty easy up there.
1: Robbie uh, you know bigger picture here bringing it back a bit you know last year with the injury and whatnot I know I know you played a bit in the summer with the Oakville Rock here but how are you feeling do you feel like you're fully you know caught back up how is everything you know recovered and if you could just take us through that process of you know you know missing last year and, and kind of the, re- the rehab and the work that goes into that to get you back to to where you are now as a player on the floor
3: Um. well anyone's gone through that injury knows it's a ton of work um, you know, off the floor. You know, there's a lot of physio that goes into it, a lot of strengthening that um, comes with uh, comes with the injury, and you know, you have to trust the process and trust the the surgeons and the and the physio um, the physiotherapists that you're dealing with. So, I mean, I had good uh, training staff working on me constantly, and um, you know, to be able to come down to the track and you know, work with Homer and then CQ and Davy constantly, they help me you know get back to 100 percent and as of right now i feel as good as i possibly can um i still would like to get more strength in in that side um i can tell a little bit power wise um but uh you know as as of right now I'm, i'm happy where i am and um you can only go up from here
1: and you know part of i guess if you could take a positive about you know be watching the games last year you got to watch uh, you know tom shriver come in from from a bird's eye view and see what he's all about and how how it was or how has i guess watching him last year and kind of learning his tendencies helped you slide in and comfortably uh to say the least and, and you know gain some early chemistry with him this year
3: well you know a player like tom it's uh it's pretty easy to get used to playing with him. You know, he's so so talented and, and so, like, diverse out there. He can do whatever he wants with the ball, and, and then he's pretty good off, um, you know, off-ball too. You saw the cut he had, and, and Karen found him, um, you know, naked on the crease for a goal on uh, on Saturday. So, I mean, he's he's pretty easy to play with. Um, you know, get open for him, and he's going to find you the ball, and you just put it in the back of the net.
0: Now, he's also talked quite a bit about that uh, – you're a player that he studied um, and he's out there and he's kind of talked about, you know, quote unquote, stealing moves and stuff like that. Uh, have you noticed anything about that in his game that you're like, well, that's something I do all the time, or is he picking your brain all the time? Like, what's what's that relationship been like?
3: Um, I mean, I don't think he steals any of my moves. He's, <laughs> he's got pretty good ones of his own, um, but uh, we have a great relationship on and off the floor. Um, you know, I didn't get to be around him a whole bunch not playing last year but um when i was around him you know he's a very easy guy to talk to very easy guy to be around very humble so uh, he makes it you know very easy to talk to him and, and approach and you know we anything either of us wants from each other we will uh, we'll say that and and uh, you know we're working pretty together pretty good to, together so far
0: now something I found funny that uh you posted on your Instagram, I think it was within the last couple of days, the picture of you and Jonesy celebrating <laughs> and saying that Jonesy was telling you how he had always uh looked up to you. Um I have a feeling it might be the other way a little yeah, bit. It could be. But uh that's another one, you know, another great relationship I'm sure that you guys have growing up and uh, you know, playing you know minor lacrosse you know in sound a few years apart so i'm sure you probably didn't really get to play together yeah. in minor but um you know a guy obviously that you look up to quite a bit talk about that and, and getting the chance now to play with jonesy at the pro level
3: well yeah he was um three years old he's three years older than me so i mean i never got to play with him in minor um but uh, he actually played hockey with my brother um in Gra- for gray bruce highlanders so um, I, I was around him a little bit more in the winter actually than the summer, um, but uh, watching him all the way up, he was, you know, always somebody I wanted to, you know, emulate and and finally get a chance to play with him this year has been, has um, been awesome. And what else has he
0: brought to the room? Because I feel like is he a little bit more of a jokester than we <laughs> even kind of know at this point? Because I feel like I've heard a few things about some we won't get into it, but a few lines he's had <laughs> on the bench during games and whatnot. Um, is there a lot more to Adam Jones than maybe we even in the office or the fans know just yet
3: yeah, I think uh you know he's probably pretty conservative around you guys <laughs> compared to actually what he is. He's always got something to say, yeah, whether it's you know a smart remark or <laughs> just has something to say about everything so um but you know when he gets on the floor he's you know very serious and um he wants nothing but uh the best for this team and to win the game so. Um, He's been he's been a great addition to say the least
1: and Bringing it back to the lacrosse side of things here now, you know looking ahead at at the big game This week Calgary in town, you know, the Toronto Rocks rolling right now Calgary's Struggling for lack of a better way. It's a pretty desperate team coming into uh, coming into town here What do you see out of them? You know, they got some prolific scores in Dixon and Dobie and and Westberg And just what do you see out of that matchup and what are you expecting from the defense and goaltending in particular?
3: Um well, it's always you know scary having a desperate team coming into your building. you know they've lost I think four in a row now, um, and we've obviously won four in a row, so we got to you know match their intensity and their desperation is gonna be our biggest thing um, because any anytime you get a team on the ropes like that uh, they're doing everything in their power to get a win. So we got to match that
0: Now before we let you go here, Robbie. One thing we did want to talk to you about was uh, we started the the Robbie Who, <laughs> hell yeah, chant on Saturday, and I, it has actually caught on quite a bit. And on social media, it seems like fans are picking it up. And I know around the office we've had a lot of really good feedback, actually, from fans on it. But, you know, what are your thoughts on it? What do you think of
3: it? I, it's cool. Um, anytime you can interact with the fans like that and, uh, you know, hear, the, hear their chants. Um, after a goal, and their reactions is is cool. I mean, um, you know, I, I didn't really have that, you know, growing up or anything like that. So um, it's it's something new for me, and, you know, I'm just getting used to it like everybody else, and I'm enjoying it. Can you believe this is,
0: what, this is your eighth season in the league, right? This
3: is my eighth, yes.
0: What? Like, <laughs> can you believe that it's your no, eighth it, season? It, like,
3: it flew by. I mean, the first year we won the championship, I, you know, I was 18 and very naive and thought it was easy. Yeah. So now coming back to it, we've obviously lost in the finals in 2015, and then and then now you know you just realize how hard it is to get back there and how um, you know competitive this league is, and um, I just I can't wait to get another chance at that championship and hopefully uh, lift that trophy.
0: Do you still uh, you still love it as much? And I, I know the answer is probably yes, but I I, I can just remember. Uh, early on uh, in your career, I think it might have been either your third or fourth year, I can remember you being a bit banged up out there, and I think you remember telling me that your foot was banged up or something, and, you know, you probably could have or should have come out of the game, but you just said, there was no way I was coming out. It's too much fun. You know, do you still, like, have that same, I guess, I know you're not that old, but (laughs) youthful enthusiasm you did, you know, at 21 years old, kind of, uh, you know, about the game and just being out there at Air Canada Centre playing for the Toronto Rock.
3: Yeah, I don't think playing at the ACC ever gets old, no matter how old you are, um, but I think, you know, my excitement's different now, and when I was, you know, 18, 19, playing, it was just kind of starstruck, you know, playing with Colin, playing with Whipper, Shooter, Blaine, those guys. Now, uh, you know, I'm kind of one of the veteran guys on the team now, so it's, it's more of a calm feel out there for me, and, uh, you know, trying to take it all in and you know, be a veteran on this team now and help the younger guys out that maybe are in the same situation i was in at that point but uh, it's still a lot of fun and like you know i can't get enough of it
0: and now you know an a on your jersey now what's that been like in i guess a little bit more of an official leadership role with the team this year
3: um yeah it's been a lot of fun i've uh i've had a letter on my jersey before on different teams but um obviously not uh, in the pro level so you know it's an adjustment for me and you know i'm just trying to you know find the the right fit and how i want to approach things and um you know when to say something when not to say something and i just i'm more of a leader by example do what uh do what i can on the floor and try and work as hard as i possibly can and and lead that way and hopefully uh you know that um is noticed by my teammates.
1: We've had a you know a lot of our guests on the show Rosie, Challen, uh, Mags, Creed. You know they all live together. They're kind of together doing their thing. And and every time we ask them about you know something new about someone on the team or something maybe the fans wouldn't know, they seem to carve each other up pretty good. <laughs> um, so to get an outside perspective, I guess from someone I guess not living you know in the house, what's uh, you know maybe some, something about someone that we or the fans don't know or or someone who maybe has a different personality on the floor, completely different off the floor. I know you mentioned Jonesy. Um, you know, challen has been labeled a pretty good dancer here from a couple <laughs> people. So just, you know, anything you can uh, share or provide any insight with that, uh, could you dive into um, that a bit? Well, before this
3: year, my roommate was Billy Hostrasser. <laughs> and a lot of people probably don't know that, you know, Billy's a pretty big character off the floor. And you wouldn't know that by the way he plays, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, he's uh he's a character and one thing about billy is he likes to talk in his sleep <laughs> we, were, we were roommates and uh he even laughs at himself in his sleep and tells stories so you know, i had some pretty good giggles um in the next bed beside him so
1: as you you know more seniority in the league and the team we in an a is that a you come in, you know, start a training camp, you have a request for coaching or Maddie to keep me away from ninety one on the road or No, I
3: was I was surprised we weren't together. I'm not sure what the change was, but Jonesy's my roommate now, but you know, Billy was a great roommate and I got nothing but good things to say about him and I even you know, had some good laughs from him when he was sleeping and talking to himself and laughing at himself even in his sleeps. So.
0: <laughs> well when your career's done that'll be a chapter in the book that we'll all be uh, waiting to read when, uh, story time with Billy Haas alright ok Robbie well thanks a lot for joining us uh, thanks for coming out too, uh, a little bit early tonight too to get uh, on the podcast Good luck this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon.
3: All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, that was Toronto Rock forward Rob Hellier. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and we will wrap up the show after this.
3: They know, they know, they know. They know, they know, they know. They know, they know, they know. Yeah, they know. Yeah, that the real is on the some guys i even gave them a chance to decide now something they know they know they welcome know. back to
0: toronto rock total access i'm mike hancock along with kyle davis we are wrapping up the program here so we're going to look ahead to saturday night's game seven o'clock started Air canada center against the calgary roughnecks who come in with a one and five record their only win this season Against the Vancouver Stealth, they are tied for last or they're tied for third, but they have the tiebreaker against Vancouver. Depending on how you want to look at it, right now they are uh, possibly taking home that uh, last playoff spot in the West Division. We will do our uh, buying and selling segment here coming up in a couple of moments, but uh, when we look ahead to this game against Calgary, um, I, th- I just think off the top, I can say. I'm probably expecting just more of the same.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I was gonna say you know I've had some predictions not go my way on this show <laughs> in, in previous episodes from time to time, but I don't really have the prediction other than you know like you said the same kind of outcome or at least game you know folding out the same way that that was seen in the in the recent ones there, and I think Toronto wins not not easily it's every games obviously you know you got to work hard you got to show up but I think Toronto takes this one you know when we walk away from the game we'll look at the scoreboard and say yeah that one really wasn't that close on the scoreboard at least and we'll, we'll see obviously but I don't see Calgary you know being in a tight game late in the fourth here this weekend. So without getting into any
0: predictions just yet, um, you know I guess we've kind of loosely predicted, probably uh, given away where our predictions are going to go this week. Not just a rock win, but probably uh, close to the score. But we'll get to those uh, near the end of the show as we uh, as we like to do. Um, just looking at uh, Calgary, just kind of breaking down some of the numbers with them, um, like we kind of mentioned with uh, Bruce Codd, Curtis Dixon just 23 points so far through six games and you know he and Dane Dobie both have 23 points. Curtis Dixon he does have 13 goals so he is pacing out to you know I guess flirt with uh, with 40 goals this year but just not quite what you expect from him so far and then when you look down I think Westberg, with just eight goals and 18 points, is maybe a little bit even more of a concern there in Calgary. That uh, he hasn't quite uh, stepped up just yet. But Holden, Katoni, Riley, Lowen, eight and nine goals respectively there. So things are, I guess, fairly spread out. But clearly, so far, just not quite enough on the offensive side of the ball for Calgary.
1: It's it's funny. You, you know, you mentioned Westberg, and I never really seen. Seen it in lacrosse, or it's been maybe it's happened more than I've just been privy to knowing. But you know the whole Westberg that seemed to be some contract issues at the start of this year. You know, training ca- missing training camp, and and you wonder. You know, you see it in hockey all the time. A guy misses training camp, and that season seems to be he just seems to be a step behind. Yeah, for for just not being there, and uh, you know, getting through the the reps required leading into the season, and you wonder if there's something similar to that going on and then you wonder if that trickles down into just, you know, kind of coincides with Calgary's offense as a whole. You know, I know they put up a decent number last game versus Saskatchewan, but that was, you know, other than that, it's been pretty uh, pretty grim for them offensively, at least uh, uh, this season so far. But, you know, Bruce Bruce mentions, you know, Curtis Dixon has the ability to, you know, go off any particular game. But I think those other, you know, you mentioned Katoni, Lowen. Kind of younger guys in the league, still trying to find their way, you know, kind of role players, niche players right now for Calgary. Uh, so I'd be curious to get a look at them. But I, I think Dane Doby actually just set the record for Calgary points, didn't he, this past weekend yep. uh, versus Saskatchewan in that loss? So that's interesting. Obviously, he's a, a veteran guy that can obviously, you know, he's had a good career and can obviously still bury the ball. So another guy to, to watch out for. But I just don't see it being enough and with the way, you know, Toronto's defense and Rosie are playing as well right now.
0: Yeah, and Dane Doby, I mean, there's a player that, uh, you know, his body has been through the wars for sure, <laughs> but always a guy that, uh, you know, gives 112% out there and is worth – coming to watch play you know he's a guy that you know if if Dane Dolby's coming to town I mean you talk a lot about Curtis Dixon he's obviously another guy that you would you know one of those guys you'd pay to go watch play so to speak like they always talk about but Dane Dolby I think is another guy that uh you know we're saying he just set the Roughnecks record for uh, career points and um he's just another entertaining player and when he scores he's usually gone through the gauntlet to get to the net and put the ball in there and uh always a guy that it seems like he's kind of earned every goal he's scored in this league
1: yeah for sure and you know he does he's a smaller guy he's you know he really does have to work for everything he gets you know and dan dawson a bigger guy in the league can kind of bully his way through or shoot shoot over guys it's kind of the opposite with with dane there but you know he's got a lot of skill too to you know you don't lead an organization in points without you know putting in the work having the skill to show for it and uh you know, good good accomplishment for him, and uh, but I think you know from a Calgary perspective, it's more about getting on track here as a team, and obviously not the start they wanted to miss the playoffs last year, and you know right neck and neck with Vancouver, they're obviously the game in hand to to clinch or miss that final play, available playoff spot in the West, which I don't think uh, you know would sit too well with with the brass over there. So they'll be they'll be desperate, they'll be hungry coming in. So I don't think you can you know take this for granted by any means uh you know a desperate team or a team that works hard or you know still even though they may not have as much skill on paper still can make for for a very entertaining or or a hard game from a toronto perspective for sure here's the big question for you what's that
0: who starts a net for calgary on saturday night frank chileano his numbers are not real good christian del bianco has had uh you know 113 minutes so not quite two full games worth of minutes his goals against average is 10 and a half which is uh you know i guess had he played more minutes so far you would say it's the best goals against in the league but having only played not even two games i don't think you really put him at the top of the list officially but um who who do you go to i i
1: i mean i don't know an easy question it's not it's not when you're
0: sitting there at one and five like
1: for sure this is the kind of game where you know for them why not change it up or let's see what christian can give us with a start here and maybe catch i don't even want to say lightning in a bottle because he is you know highly touted and you know by all means has all the skill to uh you know move forward with a good nll career here but you know obviously frankie's been their guy so far hasn't worked out um i mean i wouldn't be against you know going the other way with del bianco but for some reason i just feel frankie's gonna get the start he's you know just more experience uh coming into a, a game versus veteran group offense here an offense that's rolling he's just i don't know just has more playing time under under his belt here in in this league but um you know kind of like we mentioned and the way it's going i, I I still think we're going to see both, though. I just don't know what in what order. So, does it doesn't. I mean, from Toronto's perspective, does it really matter if they're both coming in? But that's just my opinion.
0: All right. So, let's get to uh, our buying and selling segment here on the program where I'm going to pitch a few things to KD. And he's going to say either he's buying it, in other words, he's believing it, or he's selling it non-believer. All right. So, we're going to start off with... Uh, well, one that we have visited twice this year so far, and both times KDE has sold it off, but with the recent statistical evidence here and uh, doing some math probabilities and uh, whatnot, will the Toronto Rock have
1: three 100-point guys this year? Third time's a charm for me, you finally got me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, doing some quick math here. Out of the the third the three-headed monsters, Rob Hellier, 38 points in six games, averaging just over six a game. Uh, just doing like I said, the simple math there that paces him out for 114 on the season. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to go yes. I'm buying. They do have 300 point guys and i just like my odds with that to, you know we'll say a 14 point buffer currently <laughs> oh, that's you know true, yes. to, move, to move forward with so i'll take that one and buy now that they do have 300 point guys
0: all right finally on board with that all right uh our second one kind of joked a little bit about the sheldon burn shooting percentage with the Toronto rock coming into last saturday night was 100 percent A bit of an off game for Sheldon on Saturday night, two goals on four shots, so it's now dropped all the way to seventy five percent. Will are you buying or selling? Will Sheldon Burns have a shooting percentage at fifty or better at the end of the season?
1: (laughs) It's crazy that we're even talking about this, (laughs) but I unfortunately just playing the odds and you know, lacrosse and, and the game that it is and you know he is still a d guy by all means here he's only going to get a couple looks a night and, and i don't think they're all going to drop or, or three quarters of them are going to drop on a nightly basis i think he might have say at off night you know doesn't get one one night and it wouldn't be unheard of or, or, or a slight on him but just with the numbers and the odds and still, you know, so many games remaining, I'm going to have to think he just slides under the 500 mark there. <laughs> so, so you're selling it? I'm selling it. You're selling, yeah, selling it, All it. All Just right. slides okay. under the 500 mark. Still has a great you know, year for us, but 0. .48 or something. .48. <laughs> wow. All right. You know, if you thought he was going to be .48, I
0: might go with I'm buying it. I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to, I think, for48 but in that case, I'm going to maybe save one more drop. Okay, so our last one, the Calgary Roughnecks make the playoffs. you buying or selling? Didn't make it last year. Right now, as we mentioned, 1-5, their only win this season, has come against the Vancouver Stealth, the team that presently they are trying to hold off to hold on to that third and final playoff spot in the West Vancouver is one and six Calgary of course with the head-to-head win and the tiebreaker right now and a game in hand buying or selling Calgary makes the playoffs
1: I'm buying Calgary makes the playoffs and it's you know just goes to show this this league and, and how it is uh, you know one in five and I'm buying them to get to squeak in here uh, but you mentioned they got the tiebreaker I know they're still gonna play a couple more times they got the game in hand, which I think, uh, you know, plays in my favor there. And I think they got a Curtis Dixon that still, you know, hasn't really shown up on the scene yet this this year, as we've discussed. And, you know, when he gets going, coupled with a couple other things, you know, Vancouver seemed to be, for lack of a better word, a bit of a mess this year to start, at least. And I just don't know what how that's going to play out. And not that Calgary is that much better, but I think I got some uh, some things in my favor there to help me uh, buy that Calgary does make the playoffs.
0: Alright, that wraps up buying and selling So uh, just to recap KD buying three 100 point guys And Calgary make the playoffs Selling Sheldon Burns Finishing with a shooting percentage At 50% or better Currently at 75 Not playing the odds on that one <laughs> Alright uh, So that brings us to prediction time here I think we know uh, which team We're both leading leaning with that uh, we both think it'll be a Toronto Rock win, but uh, I hit 17 to nine two weeks in a row. One week, bang on. Last week, I underestimated the Rock offense. They scored 21 goals. I only predicted 17. But uh, what are you had, 16, 11.
1: 16, 11. I had. Yep.
0: Still a Rock win. So technically, both four and two. Still a win in the win column. Doesn't matter how you get them, just how many, right? Uh, so go ahead. Predict away.
1: Well, from the Calgary standpoint here and just the way the game's been going, I'm sliding them in with a nine because that seems pretty standard. Alright. The teams come in and get a nine. And I have to go over the twenty spot here, so I'm gonna go it just seems to be the number's coming in my head right now, twenty-one nine Toronto Rock win this Saturday. Wow.
0: Alright. Well, you know what? The number in my head was twenty-three to nine. That's what I was thinking. This is outrageous, it's by the way. The fact, that we're <laughs> even, the fact that we're even talking about this and people that are listening right now are like, come on, guys. What if, but.
1: Like, what if a first-time listener tunes in and just <laughs> we lose all credibility? As
0: we, I knew that this was probably the way we were going to go, and I don't know. This may be before your time, but on Saturday Night Live, they used to have this sketch, the Mike Ditka and the Bears the, the Bears uh, skit, and it used to always be they'd do their predictions, and it would be, you know, um, whatever Washington you know minus 12 Chicago 143 <laughs> right or like they just predict you know Mike Dick uh 77 and he's gonna beat Green Bay they're gonna have minus 47 right like so I felt like this was almost like the way that this was gonna go is uh, that we were both gonna predict high scores but um yeah so we got 21 one nine or three nine. I can't even believe this is seriously coming out of our mouths. But you know what? I think we're both very much believers that this could very well happen again this weekend. And uh, maybe next week we'll both look like idiots. I don't know that, uh, you know, it'll be a tight, low-scoring affair. But um, obviously, if we're both willing to go on record here and make these predictions, then... Stand by them. Stand by them, yeah. So... Uh, what else going on? We we've talked tickets briefly here, but we should probably dive into it a little bit more. Um, lots going on as always. Lots available. Lots of options out there for you, but lower bowl tickets becoming quite scarce, KD, for Saturday yeah, night.
1: For sure, the office has been buzzing. It's only uh, you know Tuesday here, uh, but we've had a great two days, and you know like the team grabbing momentum, there seems to be a little momentum going in in the stands, which is good. So. Uh, we got a big, you know, partnership, you know, in attendance at this game tonight with COBT. So they, there's going to be, you know, inventory is going at a premium here. So if you do want to, you know, get in, which I think you should with the, the product on the floor right now, um, you know, by all means, don't hesitate to, to contact the office directly by phone at 416-596-3075, uh, torontorock.com slash tickets. Uh, You can go on our website, we have the online chat, you can chat with a rep right there. But uh, yeah, the way this team's playing, there's no reason not to get down on a Saturday to the city and and watch this, you know, the team, some individual performances that need to be noted here. Um, Great packs available still to get you in, you know, a six ticket flex pack, a a four play pack. Uh, There's lots of different options, you can bring your group out, you know, work party, whatever that may look like. But Get down and support the support the boys, support the game, and, and see another fun, fast-paced lacrosse game. And we should mention, you know,
0: if you are itching to get down to a game, get down this Saturday because if not, you're
1: gonna have to wait a whole month. Yeah, they go on the road. There's a, a bye week in there. We're not back at the hangar till March third. There.
0: Yeah. So this is the one. Get out. Uh, ride the wave here with uh with how things have been going and uh you know like we said you know we're talking about the rock offense and the three-headed monster and while we are predicting that the rock will keep the calgary stars in check this is also your big chance here to see guys like curtis dixon and westberg and dane dolby in person um you know at the Air Canada Center on Saturday night.
1: I'd be curious to see how Wes actually, you know, you talk about this, you know, a platform for Dixon to get off his snide a bit. But, you know, Wes comes comes here with some familiarity with the Oakville Rock organization, yep. you know, knows Jamie, knows a lot of guys on the team. This could be, you know, an opportunity. I'm sure he doesn't want to, you know, come in and just get, you know, abused by guys he knows here. This could be a good opportunity True. to watch him uh you know, obviously one of the top players in the game as well, but opportunity for him to you know kind of showcase his skill and you know get his game going in the right direction here in front of some people he knows. And we've got the cousin matchup, the Tyson Bell
0: on Calgary, Latrell Harris on Toronto. A little rivalry there. Two yep. guys, you know, Latrell hasn't scored a goal yet this year.
1: I'm sure Tyson's told him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tyson has scored this year, uh, so you know that's uh, another matchup to to keep an eye on. So. Lots of great stuff on Saturday night, but the bottom line is make sure you get down there, make sure you're loud, make some noise in the building, and uh, support these guys who are on quite a roll. We've mentioned 82 goals over the last four games. And, um, you know, maybe KD and I don't know anything, but at the same time, I think we both know that this offense uh, right now is showing no signs of slowing down, anyways. There's no reason not to believe that the goals are not going to keep coming on Saturday night. Um, you always think maybe it's going to stop at some point, like we've talked about, but right now the way things are going and the way this team is playing, it's unbelievable, and you have to get down there to see it for yourself. So uh, unless you got anything else to
1: add, KD? No, I'm good. Just looking forward to, uh, to getting down there, and like you said, we'll keep riding this wave. That is uh, some great Toronto Rock lacrosse. All right, so that'll do it for this edition of Toronto Rock
0: Total Access. In the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock and we'll chat next week.